VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome to a weekend bonus episode of the Tech Meme Ride Home. I'm Brian McCullough. Sometimes the bonus episodes are for getting news in areas that I might have missed or might not have made room for on our show, but I still find interesting. This week I reached out to Brady Dale of Coindesk because I knew he was a listener and I knew he could give us some more background on, for example, Facebook's recent moves in the crypto space, but also some other crypto news we haven't gotten to and just the state of the crypto space generally. Thank you, Brady Dale of Coindesk. What is, let's start really basic. What is the general state of crypto right now in the sense that, again, this is not my space. I kind of observe it from afar. But a couple months ago, it seemed like the sky was falling. Bitcoin was flirting with $3,000 or something like that. Um, just on a basic pricing level, have, have things stabilized a bit across the board? I think, I mean, I think they have, you know, I don't watch price super frequently. Um, we have a couple of reporters who are really good at doing that. I mean, the sky is a little bit falling, but it, it's not going to fall. I guess the crux of it is it's just not going to fall all the way down. Um, you know, everyone who I, I, I focus on kind of the startups in the space and those, of, those that were here through the last contraction all say that, you know, this is just not nearly as bad as it was last time. Like no one, no one seriously thinks like there was a chance the last time there was a big contraction that crypto was just going to go away. And no one seriously thinks that this time, but it is, you know, it's crypto winter. You said that the sky is still falling a little bit. What, what, what did you mean by that? Well, I just, you know, there hasn't been, there hasn't been anything that's made the general public excited about crypto again. So, you know, the, the meme in crypto land is that there it's this biddle moment is what they as opposed to hodl so everyone is everyone who's still in is focused on building things that the public or you know that other crypto companies or you know enterprise wants but no one has really uh built that thing that has been you know useful in a widespread way and gotten uh, outsiders excited again. So it's just all very inwardly focused. And as long as it's inwardly focused, it's going to feel like it's small and like maybe it's even kind of shrinking. What about the ICO market? Um, that seemed to cool as well. Um, have, have ICOs started rolling out the door again? I mean, not. I mean, I they never entirely stopped. There are still ICOs around and people are, um, you know, proposing big ICOs. Uh, one of the a spin-off company from one of the biggest IPOs of 2017, uh, Bancor is, uh, I think it's underway. They spun off a company um, called uh, called Liquid Apps that's going to be doing another like very long token sale. But that's the exception more than the rule. Um, generally, what we're seeing right now is companies that are raising money in crypto are doing it the old-fashioned way and are selling equity in their companies. Mm. Well, that is a, a change from at least 18 months ago, though. Um, yeah, for sure. You might have heard I, I said on the show recently that I had assumed that you know when uh, the prices cratered, Wall Street would have 
assumed that this was a fad and walked away from it like a, a, a spent potato or boy, that's a tortured metaphor. But um, it seems like maybe the opposite has happened, that there have been like actually a couple of really interesting um, uh, projects that have actually launched and are, are continuing to go forward from from huge Wall Street banks and institutions um so can you tell me a little bit more about that is like it, uh, on even if it's not on the consumer side and the mainstream side is 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 crypto and blockchain finally getting traction on wall street well when we did our consensus of invest event in november there was still plenty of potential investors there i think um, I think for st- I mean, the biggest news for me in the in the institutional space um, was uh, Morgan Creek, which is a, a, a investment firm here in here in New York uh, that has been making this argument to institutional investors for a long time. Uh, they convinced two relatively small public pension funds in Northern Virginia, um, both in the same town, but, you know, separate, separate funds, one, I think, for police and one just for general public employees, they conv- in, convince them to invest uh, in their in their next round. And it was it was they were major investors in this crypto funds round. But it was like <laughs> it was like a rounding error, you know, to the amount of money that these two firms had. But that um, this, this fellow, Anthony Compliano, if you follow crypto Twitter, you might see him. He's, he's a, you know, he's kind of one of the, the big voices on crypto Twitter. He, this is an argument he's been making to crypto funds for a long time, and I think what Wall Street's interested in, <clears throat> crypto um, doesn't tend to move with the rest of the market, which is nice as a hedge for uh, for folks on Wall Street. So even if they don't think this is stuff is all going to you know go to the moon as they say in crypto, they do see that it it moves in it by a different pattern, which helps them, which helps uh, which helps people on Wall Street balance risk. But I also think probably. You know, a lot of folks have seen this has been going on for 10 years. It hasn't gone away. The price does generally trend up. So at this point, they are probably all thinking that it's time to start putting, you know, small amounts of money in early on that hope that it'll it'll have like a a giant return. So everything we're seeing suggests that that is where that is where folks are moving. And and I think, you know, look for a lot more institutional investors to make a, a bunch more small bets in this space over the next year. Uh, well, let's talk about something that I definitely have um, mentioned on the show, which is Facebook's crypto efforts, which seem to be pretty serious. So what are what are you all hearing yeah. about um, what Facebook is doing right now? Yeah, so the big news on that came out of the New York Times last week. Uh, Nathaniel Popper and Mike Isaac had a story on it. And that was actually something that we had been uh, looking into a wealth at the same time. You know, if you call around crypto folks in Silicon Valley, you talk to enough of them, and this is sort of what I spent all of last week doing. Um, they'll all tell you that there's just lots of rumors swirling about Facebook, and and those rumors aren't based on nothing. It's very clear from talking to my sources, Facebook is talking to lots of people. You know, from what we hear, if you're going to talk to Facebook, you get invited. You have to like go to their space and sign all these NDAs. You know, they don't. No emails get sent. It all happens. You know, in their specific building, their specific blockchain space, but. They're clearly talking to a ton of people. Um, they're looking, you know, they've, they've already made one acquisition. You know, we've heard rumors that they've floated lots of other acquisitions. Um, so what we're, the rumors suggest, and, and my particular, my reporting on my own suggests, uh, it seems pretty clear they're building a, um, they're going to release a stable coin like Bloomberg reported at the end of last year. Um, 
folks I've spoken to tell me pretty confidently that they think that's right. <clears throat> and the other thing, you know, um, what uh, what Popper and Isaac wrote last week in the New York Times was that they've already started talking to exchanges and that we could look for whatever their crypto product is to come out in the next six months or so. Um, my reporting suggests they're not going to do this alone. So they're looking for people to like go into launch with them in some way. So, you know, if anyone out there knows more about that, I mean, we're very curious to, to figure out kind of what kind of partners they're looking for and what those partnerships mean. But it, it sounds like um, when Facebook goes live, they're going to they're going to do this with someone significant in the space in some way. Uh, why, though? Um, like if, if they're talking to people like exchanges, why do they feel like that is necessary in, and, and maybe I'm thinking about this wrong. If it's just if this is just going to be some sort of payments thing that could immediately be used on WhatsApp or, or something like that, in theory they wouldn't need an exchange. Or is it, is their thinking more more broad? Where even though yes, we will be able to our users will be able to use this, but then also for it to gain traction, we need it to be out there in the in the broader world as a currency. Yeah, I I, I mean I, I'm guessing that's right and. And keep in mind, you know, there's also, I, don't, I can't remember who reported this, but it won't just be, the thinking is it won't just be WhatsApp because the idea is like WhatsApp and Messenger and Instagram Messenger are all like, they're all, it's all merging together, right? right? right so right. it's all those things. So it's, it's a giant amount of, it's a giant amount of space. But um, yeah, I think they, I think they want to like have a real currency that exists beyond their platform because that allows them to have. Uh, way more power and may, way more reach and, and make their uh, and make themselves much more attractive. You know, they're not the only major messaging company that, that has a cryptocurrency either. You know, Line is also dabbling in this space too. And um, it doesn't seem like Line, Line has gotten a huge amount of traction um, with it. But I think, you know, probably that does put pressure on, on Facebook to, to win here. And I, I guess I think Facebook's other giant threat in the world is also the fact that WeChat is so far ahead of them and my guess, you know, on payments in their, in their messaging app. And my guess is Facebook thinks the only way it can, it can one up WeChat is to, is by having something that is a value, you know, beyond its own platform. So it has an even wider network effect. That's interesting. I, but I, 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 I I'm just guessing here. I mean, yeah, sorry. No, I, I, I'd never considered that uh, this was maybe a defensive play on Facebook's part. Yeah, it seems like it has to be right. I mean, this is where this is a this is a way in which that's a giant moat that WeChat has, and there's nothing to stop that moat from expanding further out. You know, I mean, it, it can just keep growing the better they get at it. Um, so uh, obviously, that that seems like that's a threat to Facebook over time. When you go through airport security, there's one line where the TSA agent checks your ID and another line where a machine scans your bag. The same thing happens in enterprise security, but instead of passengers and luggage, it's end users and their devices. These days, most companies are pretty good at the first part of the equation where they check user identity, but user devices can roll right through authentication without getting inspected at all. In fact, 47% of companies allow unmanaged, untrusted devices to access their data. That means an employee can log in from a laptop that's had its firewall turned off and hasn't been updated in six months or worse. That laptop might belong to a bad actor using employee credentials. Collide finally solves the device trust problem. Collide ensures that no device can log into your Okta-protected apps unless it passes your security checks. 
Plus, you can use Collide on devices without MDM, like your Linux fleet, contractor devices, and every BYOD phone and laptop in your company. Visit collide.com slash ride to watch a demo and see how it works. That's K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash ride. Guys, we don't have to choose between hair growth and our health. Nutrafol's drug-free whole-body approach promotes hair growth from within. No compromises, just better hair. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement brand with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster-growing hair with less shedding. With Nutrafol, building a hair growth routine is simple. Purchase online, no prescription or doctor's visits required. Free shipping and automated deliveries ensure you'll never miss a day. See results in three to six months. While many supplements rely solely on ingredient studies, Nutrafol clinically tests final formulations to ensure their efficacy. In a clinical study, 84% of men showed improvement in their hair after six months taking Nutrafol's men's hair growth supplements. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com men and enter the promo code RIDEHOME. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com slash men, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L dot com slash men, and enter promo code RIDEHOME. Uh, what do people in crypto think about Facebook coming into the space? Um, folks are pretty guarded about it. I will say, you know, one source I spoke to said that they were invited to, you know, take on a bigger role, um, kind of be seen as, you know, putting their endorsement on, <clears throat> on what Facebook was doing. And uh, I was, they refused because they believed it would have enormous reputational harm for them. You know, uh, I think folks, I think the folks who are resisting Facebook's overtures, you know, whomever they are, um, in crypto, there's this, there's this idea of decentralization, like, you know, the, the public will own everything we create eventually. Um, and that, and it'll, it'll be truly decentralized and folks just don't buy, uh, that that is a vision that, that, uh, Menlo Park is really going to embrace. And so I think that's the general attitude, um, on the flip side, I think, you know, at a certain point, if, if Facebook really, really wants you. Um, they can make it extremely hard to say no eventually. So I think we we should look for some probably some big players to partner with them eventually. Just you know, who knows who those will be. Well, I mean, but they'll probably get a lot of criticism for it. Right. Okay. So that's that's what kind of what I'm asking is uh, just culturally even. So there there are certainly the people that would be like, oh no, we don't want the Borg coming in and um, and uh, taking over uh, crypto. But then also there's the certain segment of the space that feels like, you know, hey, this would maybe validate um, what we're doing here and would validate the technology and maybe even take it mainstream. Is there any sort of like uh, even cultural back and forth like that in the community? I'm not seeing it yet. I mean, anyone who speaks openly about anything Facebook's doing, is, as far as I can tell, is is pretty um it's they're highly questioning it um you know i I could have missed somebody out there but i I don't think in general folks are are super excited to see this happen um and i don't think folks really buy that um that whatever facebook does will like sort of be the vision that folks had for crypto you know i mean it it might be like on a blockchain on some level but it 
but it, it isn't um it isn't really like bro- more broadly leveling the playing field i mean we could be wrong but i, I do think that's the uh, that's the vibe of, of people in the community right now so there hasn't that's what i hear from folks there hasn't been yet that big headline making aqua hire where oh my if if she's getting on board with the facebook project then then maybe this is serious and maybe we should take this seriously like that we we haven't reached that level yet no we haven't but i i do think we should expect to hear of some more notable acquisitions and aqua aqua hires i think i think those are coming um i i have a feeling that there's there's some there's some uh, deals that have been signed, we just have we just don't know about yet. Okay, uh, before I let you go, give me a, a couple of uh, random crypto news items that um, I either have missed or I wouldn't have covered on the show. Uh, tell me about this this Melonport thing that we were talking about offline. Yeah, sure. Um, so on Friday, this company Melonport, which was one of the first initial coin offerings, they only raised like two point nine million dollars, I think, which ultimately proved to be like tiny compared to um, um, they just announced version one of their protocol and they're dissolving the company that built it and turning it over to this, this board, which the company that built it, you know, picks the members of the board. Um, but it, it is a, a dissolution of a company. So it's a sort, it's a level of decentralization, which is what these companies uh, promise. And what Melonport is, is, is a way of starting a hedge fund and running a hedge fund on a blockchain, specifically on Ethereum. Uh, and the argument is, that running a hedge fund now, if you have less than $200 million, is prohibitively expensive uh, because there's all these um, consultants you have to bring in to be compliant with different regulators around the world, and that's all very, very expensive. Um, but you can effectively answer all the questions regulators need answered um, if everything is just done on the blockchain, you know, like the, the auditing could be instant because everything is all just seen there. Uh, and so if they can just, so they've built the technology now, if they can convince regulators that, you know, this covers all the things regulators want, launching a new fund could be, um, could be much cheaper. So uh, it's, it's cool. They finished it. They, well, I don't think it's really done. It's not fully production ready yet, but it's, version one is ready. Uh, and they're going to have, you know, more people work on it after the decentralization. But it's an important moment because, uh, you know, the promise of, of crypto companies is they would eventually turn the things they built over to the public in some way, you know, they were quote unquote decentralized. And there haven't been many examples of that actually happening yet. Uh, you know, Augur, the vetting platform kind of did it before too. Um, so uh, the fact that this is really happening is an example of one of these companies, you know, kind of honoring their, the promise they made. So it's a, it's a big moment. Um, yeah. Uh, Final question, and again, this is me being outside of the space. So if I if if I hear something enough times, then maybe it makes me think maybe I should pay attention to it. And something that I've heard uh, over the past couple of months is mumble wumble, um, mimble wimble, mimble wimble. See, that's how outside yeah. of it. So is mimble wimble uh, something that I should be paying attention to? Is is that something that's uh, interesting, or, or or just even tell me what it is? Well, so Mimble Wimble is, I'm not the one who did a lot of reporting on this, but I've just sort of been generally interested in it. It's, um, I couldn't explain a lot how this works, but as I understand it, it's privacy preserving technology for running, uh, for, for, you know, running a new cryptocurrency. One of the big misnomers about Bitcoin is that it's private. It's not really, I mean, it's sort of private, but it's not really private, especially for anyone who's like sort of determined to sort out who you are on there. 
uh, you can. And then like once they do find out who you are, they can just sort of tra- track you all over the place. So it's not very private. So Mimblewimble is uh, is a way of making is a is a technology for preserving privacy. Um, there's been two implementations of it. There's been Beam and Grin. I think the one that people have been the most excited about is uh, is Grin. And uh, you know, to quote uh, to quote a great woman, uh, it's funny how money changes situations. They tried to they tried to launch Grin in the same way Bitcoin was launched, and and have it be completely fair and anyone could participate any way they wanted to. And they and there was no uh, what's called pre mines. There was no pile of tokens made that were given out to different people um, because they had you know contributed money or contributed work. None of that happened. You know, no tokens were made until the until the protocol really started running. But the problem with that is that worked fine in Bitcoin because no one cared about crypto. But now that these things are worth something, when Grin launched, uh, all these people with mining power through uh, with money through mining power at it because they wanted to get that first rush of coins. And uh, and it was very hard to have like a, a fair level playing field as it started as intended because because the world of crypto has just changed and people are, are chasing the cash. So, but anyway, that's, that's all on the side. The, the point is um, people think that with Mimblewimble, we, we might have another shot at having like a truly um, private, a truly equitable cryptocurrency um, that moves that privacy um, needle forward kind of beyond where uh, Bitcoin and Ethereum were able to take it. And if it's launched the right way and it, and it spreads fast enough, it could be decentralized enough that maybe uh, regulators will really view it as a currency and it could really be treated like uh, cash on the internet. So that's the hope. It's a, that's all of that is a long way off. Um, but, uh, but it, it, ha- it's it hasn't actually, to watch. it hasn't actually launched yet. Well, no, I mean, Grin is going, yeah, Grin, okay. you can get Grin tokens now. Yeah. Grin's okay, up. Right. And I think Beam's up too. Grin's been the one I'm a little bit more interested in and because it's been, it's had sort of a more cypherpunky launch like a lot of the people who did the initial work like weren't even saying their real names and stuff for a long time so it's just been a little bit more fun that way um but uh but yeah they're both they're both going um and i and i think grin seems to be a little bit more the buzzier one because of that you know it's been a little more pure and that's made people kind of excited uh so you know we'll see where it goes but yeah it's out there just it's just a long way until like a lot of people are really using it because it's adopted and it's easier to work with and stuff a lot more has to be built Hey, quick reminder that you didn't need to hear that ad break in the middle of this conversation because now an ad-free version of the show is available for $5 a month. Listen to the end of Friday's episode for more information on this, but also check the last link in the show notes to this show today to show some love to the podcast and to also get the show ad-free and never miss a weekend episode. Subscribe to the ad-free premium version of the Tech Meme Ride Home.